uh, the fifth chapter, verse number one. We're going to read 20, 20 verses. I need five. I need five people. No, four people to read uh, five verses. I need four people. I need quick. There, there's 20 verses we're going to read. And uh, I need four people. Five times four is 20. <laughs> All right, brother. I see brother Chris hand. I see Dr. Lewis hand. Who else? I see brother uh, Matt's hand. That's the only hands I see. Um. Somebody else waved. All right. Uh, Brother Chris, if you could start at verse number five and read to verse, I mean, verse number one. And I just want everybody to read five verses. Unmute yourself and read. Thank you. Yes. St. Mark chapter five, verse number one. And they came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. Verse two. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Verse 3. Who had his dwelling among his, the tombs, and no man shall bind him, nor not with change. Verse 4. Because that he has been often bound with fetters and chain, and the chain had been put asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Verse 5. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. All right, Dr. Lewis, if you could read from verse 6 through 10. Verse 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Verse 8. For he said unto him, Come out of that man, thou unclean spirit. Verse 9. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And verse 10. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. All right. Who was my third reader? Brother Matt. Verse 11. Now there was there, uh, there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. In verse 15, and they come, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in its and in his right mind and they were afraid all right thank you who's my fourth reader for tonight who's my fourth reader all right all right this is Fentress. go ahead and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil 
and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coats. coats. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. How bet Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord have done for thee and have had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. All right. God bless you. Thank all of you all for assisting in the reading uh, tonight. We're going to deal <clears throat> with this um, portion uh, of the text tonight. And um, we're going to um, we're going to talk about tonight the authority of Jesus, the authority of Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Amen. The authority of Jesus. All right. The authority of Jesus. I want to start off. I want to start off by saying that the spirit of God controls people to varying degrees. All right. And that evil also controls people to varying degrees. Just like God controls people, evil controls people. And some persons are extremely controlled by evil. <laughs> and then you have others who are just slightly controlled. And this is what we're going to deal with here tonight. Some men, and when I speak of men, I'm speaking of, of, of man and woman. Okay. But some men are said to be controlled by demons. Now, I don't want you all to get scared. Don't nobody sign off. You know, sometimes when you start talking about demons and devils, people be like, uh-uh, not tonight. I'm out of here. Um, I'm out of here. But no, we want, to, we, we want to deal with this tonight because I think it would also help us to understand really what's going on in our society as well. Uh, uh, this text is going to show us how being led by evil spirits, by demons, by the devil, um, and, and, and we're going to contrast it with sin tonight. How many of y'all know the church, we've gotten away seemingly from uh, talking about sin. You know, we want, we want uh, you all to feel good, but uh, uh, we need to get back to we need to get back to uh, sin, amen, and that the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal uh, life. And so we want to deal with this tonight. We want to deal with how men and women, some men and women are controlled by demons, by the devil, by evil spirits. Now, you know, in the Bible, let's, let, let's put some Bible reference on it, and I want to make mention of these uh, uh, references, because in the Bible we had in um, one of our Bible discovery teaching on Sunday, uh, how Mary Magdalene is said to have been possessed by seven devils. She was possessed by seven devils. And then when you look at Matthew, the 12th chapter, verses 43 through 45, 
Jesus referred to one devil being replaced by seven devils and the last state of the man being far worse. All right. So in other words, he said, when the man or woman cleans up the house, they say, when you clean up the house, then that devil, it goes, it leaves. And then it goes out and say, hey, man, I done found a clean path, pad to live in. Hey, man, clean house. And he goes out and he goes out and gets some company, gets some more devils. And so then that text, it tells us that when he does that, then the state of the man, once he's cleaned the temple out, uh, it becomes it becomes much worse. And so we have to be very careful. This is a warning to us. Uh, 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 it's a warning to us to know that when we clean these houses up, we've got to be careful because scripture tells us that the devil, he goes out and then he he um, brings in more demons. And so the man in this present passage is said to have been possessed by legion, that is multitudes, masses of demons. Okay, he was worse than Mary Magdalene. He was worse than what Jesus talked about in the 12th chapter of the book of St. Matthew. Uh, He was possessed by a legion, that is multitudes, masses. And later on, later on in the lesson, we're going to find out that man had, when you, when you deal with legions of demons, that's over 6,000 demons. <laughs> Could you imagine somebody, one demon can destroy, and one demon can destroy, but can you imagine 6,000 demons? So I, I want to paint a I want to paint a good picture here tonight. Uh, you know, oftentimes we read the Bible and we like to deal with the promises of God and the blessings of God. All right. But we need to understand the full concept of uh, what scripture is trying to get us um, to see. All right. And so uh, uh, the good news is here's the good news. Let me give you all the good news first. All right. Somebody you need to hear some good news. Here's the good news. The good news is that no matter how much a man or a woman is possessed and controlled by evil, and no matter how wild and mean they may be, Christ can deliver them. (laughs) Now, that is the good news. All right. He has the authority over every demon. Hallelujah. He has the authority over every demon. And so that's the good news that the man can experience a great deliverance. I mean, y'all know when people are possessed and when people allow the evil and allow the devil to rule their lives, they don't just need to be delivered. They need a great deliverance. (laughs) And Jesus is able to give a great deliverance. And so this is wonderful hope for all. All right. Even the wildest, even the mean, don't ever give up on nobody. Don't ever give up on nobody. I don't care how bad they may seem. Keep on praying for them. Keep petitioning God in their behalf. Because what I've discovered and we're going to see in this lesson, what I discover is uh, uh, 99 percent of the time is not even that person. Come on. It's not that person. You know, that person is a nice person and, and very cordial and respectful. But I mean, I know when a person allow the devil to use them, 
All right. The, 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 that, that person will act uh, in ways that you would never. All right. That you would never, ever think of. But thanks be to God. God he is a great deliverer. All right. He's a great deliver. So when you look at, when you look at, when you look at verse number one, I told you to keep your Bibles open now, because we're just kind of going to go through this. When you look at verse number one, uh, 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 I see a very um, eerie event, eerie event. All right. I see a very eerie event uh, here. Uh, it's a strange event. It's a, it's a scary event. All right. Because if you note the words in the text, all right, if you note, note the words in the text uh, 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 where it says that immediately uh, there met him out of the tombs, all right, there met him out of the tomb. Now, I want you to imagine the scene. I want you, I want you to imagine it, all right? It was a stormy night. It was pitch dark. So when you go back to the fourth chapter of the book of St. Mark, right around the 35th verse, the 37th verse, they were, they had already been through a storm. It was dark. Okay. And so, so, so the boat, it pulls up to on shore, right in the midst of a seashore graveyard. <laughs> All right. A seashore graveyard. And immediately, a wild acting man came running out from among the tombs. All right. A wild man. He comes running out. And so the, the picture was eerie. It was scary. It was weird. It was spooky. It was creepy. It was strange. You know, you don't want nobody just coming out. Let me say it this way. Where's the last place you expect somebody to come running out of? <laughs> well, let's just let's just kind of let's just kind of break it down. The last place. Let me adjust myself. Well, the last place you expect somebody to be. Some of y'all scared to even walk past a cemetery. Some of y'all would not walk through the cemetery at night. Come on. Some of you guys, when you go down Market Street and you see Mount Hope, you look to the left if you're heading east because you don't even want to look over that direction. So here they are. They had already come out of the, they're in the dark. They just come out of a storm. The disciples were already all shook up because they thought they were going to die. Jesus had to perform a miracle, say, peace be still. He had to calm the storm. And so here they finally reach land. And here this old scary lunatic come running out to Jesus. Are y'all getting it? I want y'all to get it tonight. Here he come running out to Jesus. And so being being confronted by the demons as soon as he landed was, of course, a rude disturbance for Christ and the disciples. How many of y'all know sin is the same way? Uh oh, <laughs> sin is the same way. It, it sin disturbs everyone. <laughs> sin will disturb. It don't have to be a dark, gloomy night. Sin will disturb early in the morning. Sin will disturb at high noon. All right. And so it's 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 the same. And so there's five scenes. There are five scenes in this text that we're going to deal with. Now, I need you all to understand from the very beginning. We're not going to get through all five of these scenes tonight. So I just don't don't be nervous. 
when the first scene takes so long and you're going to say, Pastor, going to have us on here all night. No, that's not my intention. The first scene just so happened to be the longest scene because it deals with the man. And I want to deal with the man, okay? Before we get to the miracle, before we get to all of that, okay, I want to deal I want to deal with the man. And so there's five scenes. There are five scenes um, that's um, here in this text tonight. All right. Five scenes. Here they are. And I'm going to give you time to write it down. Uh, scene one, we have a, a, a man hopelessly possessed. A man hopelessly possessed. Number two, we have a man desperately aroused by Jesus. He is desperately aroused by Jesus. Number three, we have a man miraculously cleansed by Jesus. All right, now let's go back to number one. That's verses two through five, just in case you all cannot, you don't have it on, on, on big, your screen big. Number two was a man desperately aroused by Jesus. That's in verses six and seven. And then we have a man miraculously cleansed, cleansed by Jesus. That's verses eight through 13. And then scene number four, we have a people who rejected Jesus. That's through, uh, verses 14 through 17. And then number five, we have a man commissioned by Jesus. Did everybody get that? Did everybody get that? I want to make sure you all have that. And here's what I want you all to do tonight and, and, and throughout the week. I want you to really read this fifth chapter of the verses that we read. And I want you to really dig into it. And I want you to allow God, amen, to talk to you through uh, these passages of scripture. Amen. Here tonight. Amen. I keep having trouble here, but you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to just keep on keeping on. Amen. I don't know why I'm having trouble. So y'all just look at the green screen tonight. Cause it's just turning whatever color it feels like turning when it gets ready to turn tonight. All right. And so <clears throat> let's look at the first scene. Let's look at the first scene. The first scene, all right, is that of a man hopelessly possessed. All right. Basically he was without Jesus. All right. The wretched condition of the demon possessed man is described in detail. Mark's purpose here's his purpose is to show that the man was as possessed with evil as any man could be. OK, he had reached rock bottom. But thank God. Thank God. Jesus is who he is and he cares and that he has the power to deliver even the wildest and the meanest. All right. Thank God he has the authority to do it. 
I want I want to you to write this down because here's what we're going to deal with tonight in regards to this man. <clears throat> Number one, the man had an unclean spirit. Number two, the man lived among tombs. We're going to talk about the man tonight. Number three, the man was cut off from society. Number four, the man was uncontrollable. <laughs> Five, the man was naked. And six, the man was a threat to himself and others. I want somebody to unmute and tell me, what do you think about this man? <laughs> quick, quick, quick. Tell me, what do you think about this man? He was out of his mind. He was out of his mind. <laughs> somebody else, what do you think about this man? Would you have liked to meet this man walking down the street? <laughs> Y'all don't feel like talking tonight? He needed Jesus. Oh, he needed Jesus. He needed help in some type of way. Yeah. He needed help. I mean, y'all know we live in a society. We need in a day. We live in a day. We live in a time. People need help. Okay. So let's deal with these real quick. Let's deal with these real quick. The man had an unclean spirit. Look at this man. Look at this man. He had an unclean spirit. Some evil mystical power dwelt within his body. Some alien, foreign, outside power possessed and controlled the man. He was defiled by the demons. He was defiled by the demons. How many of you all know that Satan, the devil, he majors in the unclean. <laughs> sin, sin never makes anyone cleaner. We'll talk about it tonight. It never makes anyone cleaner. Uh, write down Psalms uh, 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 14 and 3, because it, it, it gives the divine observation of sinners. It says, they are all together become filthy. <laughs> all together become filthy. And so what this man in our text, he represents the man who is not spiritual. He represents the man who is not possessed and controlled by God and his spirit. Write down Romans 8 and 14. Because Romans 8 and 14, it tells us, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Listen, when you're led by God, you become the son and the daughter of God. 
Uh-oh. And when we are not led by God, then guess what? Uh-oh. We are led by Satan. We are led by the devil. We are led by, the scripture said, our father, the father of lies. <laughs> All right? But those that are led by the spirit, I mean, you know, when we are led by the spirit of God, then we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. All right? Scripture says, walk not after the flesh. <clears throat> walk after the spirit. Paul says something in the book of Galatians. Look what he says. He said, because when we walk in the flesh, certain things take place. He says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. I mean, y'all know your flesh going to manifest itself. You shame the strong, whatever's in you, got to come out. All right? You, you, you stub your toe, your flesh is going to be manifested. <laughs> and then, then he, 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 he named a list of things. He says, which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath. Watch this, strife, seditions, uh, heresies, envious, murders, drunkenness, reviling, and such like of, of the which I tell you before, he says, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that aligns with scripture because it says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now you know why flesh can't enter into the kingdom of God? Because there's nothing good in our flesh. Nothing, absolutely nothing is good within our flesh. That's why flesh can't make it into heaven because flesh is prone to these things that Paul listed. And you know how we like to deal with the known sins, you know, like the adultery, fornication, you know, we like to deal with those sins. But did you see where it says strife? <laughs> huh? People who like to just keep up confusion. Another passage of scripture talk about gossip. There is no big sin and there is no little sin. All sin is sin. <clears throat> and so that this man, he had an unclean spirit. When a person have an unclean spirit, you can expect unclean things from them. <laughs> All right. And so here's what happened. Because he had an unclean spirit, the man lived among the tombs. I wanted to show you all where the man lived. Now, if you can see the picture, if you look up way up towards the top, towards the sky, you can see there's some pretty nice, nice looking tombs. Okay, how nice they are. I don't want to live in them. They're made out of rock. I don't care what nice you put a microwave and a refrigerator and a stove in there. 
in a deep fry. I ain't going to live there. All right. Uh, these were lofty vault-like tombs carved out of the limestone hills. And, and so the evil spirit caused the man to dwell, watch this, to dwell in the darkest, most eerie place imaginable. And living in the dark and eeriness aggravated his condition. Can I help y'all? <clears throat> I know we're in this pandemic and I know that, you know, we got to stay at home at certain times. Can I encourage you all? Open up your curtains. Let the blinds up. <laughs> Come on here. Natural and spiritual. Something about being in the dark. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. If you just like to sit in the dark, something wrong with you. I don't mean to be rude. <laughs> I'm not yelling. I'm just a little excited because I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> if you just like to cut the lights off and put the cover over you and sit in the chair all day in the dark, something wrong. I I I'm going to help somebody turn the light on. <clears throat> Open up the sliding glass door. Let some light in. Okay, this man, he lived among the tomb in the darkest. Okay, and all it did was aggravated his condition. The darker the room, the more you start thinking about dark, gloomy things, depressing things. Arise. Oh, uh -uh, that was last week, wasn't it? I'm sorry. <clears throat> Arise and shine. Let the glory of God come in. Okay? God don't like dark places. <laughs> Let me help you. And so these tombs, one could literally walk into many of them. But here's the thing. Living in tombs meant you were in the place of the dead and the unclean. How many of y'all know, uh-oh, sin <clears throat> causes people to abide in places of the dead and the unclean. <clears throat> sin have you going to bars, dance halls, clubs. Uh-oh, somebody say teach pastor. Gambling casinos, they all represent spiritual dead and unclean places. This man, with the unclean spirit, he represents the man who loves darkness because, according to scripture, his deeds are dark. He don't go out till it get dark. Watch a person who never leaves till, until the sun go down. They like darkness. Their deeds are dark. All right. Write down St. John 3 and 19. St. John 3 and 19. <clears throat> it simply says, and this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. I mean, you know, light exposes. <clears throat> if I come and visit you and you cut the light off, I can't see the dust that's on your TV. 
I'm just trying to teach tonight so everybody understand. Keep the lights off. Can't see the dust. Keep the lights off. I can't see that you swept the trash just next to the trash can. You didn't pick it up, but it's dark. Don't forget, it's dark. Light exposes. Thy word is a lamp unto my what? Feet. It's a light to my pathway. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Okay. Light exposes. Then you sing a song. Those folks, you sing a song. They say, come out of that corner. You can't hide. And then part of that song, they would say, the lights are turned on. <laughs> you can't hide. All right. Sin causes people to abide in dark places. And then notice something else. Number three. <clears throat> the man was cut off from society. He did not live among the living. He lived among the dead. And so this man represents the living dead. He represents the living dead. That is all men without Christ are dead in their sins and they're cut off from the society of God. <clears throat> the living dead, the living dead. I want to ask you guys the same. I want to ask you guys a question. Why seek the living among the dead? <laughs> Why seek the living among the dead? All right. This man was cut off. He was cut off from the society of God. Notice, notice what scripture says in Ephesians 2, verse 2 and 3. He says, where in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world. That's for the Lord saved you. You walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in, uh oh, watch this, the children of what? Disobedience. Among whom also we all had our conversations in times past. In the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Can I help you all? In other words, what, 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 what Paul is telling us is we were just about in the same condition as this man. Uh-oh. Now, some of y'all would say, oh, Pastor, not me. I didn't, that, that, that picture you showed of that man, I don't look like that. It's only by the grace of God you don't look like that. <laughs> it's because he saved you. It's because he brought you out. It's because when you was a brand for the fire, he snatched you. Uh, some of y'all been to your uh, high school class reunions. 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Come on here, somebody. And, and, and you've seen those friends that, that, that when you go to your class reunion, they look like they've been through hell and hot water. Look like a Mack truck done ran over them sometimes. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. They're the same age as you, and they, you, you want to put a one in front of their age. So if you if you 50, they look 150 because the world done tore them up. Come on, somebody. How I many of y'all know sin will tear you up? 
All right. And so this man, that was his condition. I want to talk about the man, y'all. I want to talk about the man tonight. <clears throat> the fourth thing that was wrong with this man is this man, he was uncontrollable. <laughs> the man was uncontrollable. He was unrestrained. He was untamed. He was wild. He was mad, violent-tempered, often possessing superhuman strength. And so all human effort had failed to help this man. He could not be helped, nor could he be controlled. He couldn't even be tamed. How many of y'all know you tame animals? So that means he was worse than an animal. He was worse than a beast. And so this shows the superhuman strength of a demon-possessed person. That's why I tell people all the time. I do. Don't be sitting up there trying to rebuke the devil out of nobody and you ain't prayed. See, some of y'all, we used to go to services. We used to go to services where we literally saw the devil come out of people and crawl down the center aisle and go out the door. I've seen it. I've seen people possessed with the devil and the devil get to coming out and, and, and five, six men could not hold one little lady down. I don't mean to scare y'all, but 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 we need to understand what's going on here. They get supernatural human strength. And so this man, he represents the uncontrollable evil or wickedness of man and the helplessness of man to deliver or save himself. Uh-oh. Don't do it, but is there anybody that could testify right now and declare that if it had not been for God, hallelujah, some of us was out of control. Y'all don't want to admit it. <laughs> was out of control. And if it had not been for God, sometimes you feel like Paul, when Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me? Paul knew more about Christ than we ever know about him. But yet he found himself facing. Hello here, somebody. How many of you know, the more you live for God and the more you pray and the more you read your Bible, you need to be, you got to be careful. The devil don't care less about people who don't pray, who don't read their Bible. Why is he going to mess with you? You ain't no threat to him. You're no threat to his kingdom. Become a threat. And so, I mean, y'all know sin is powerful. I want to help us here tonight. Addiction can be enormously powerful. It's bad to be addicted. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all addicted to candy bars. You've been trying to break away from candy bars and you can't. That's just something simple. People, people live in this world that, that's addicted. They want to be set free. But don't know how to be free. They want to do right. They don't know how to do right. It's going to take the power of God. Come on here, somebody. Sin has 
the dynamic to wreck and to destroy. Wicked nations destroy innocent nations in war because of their men, man's wickedness. Come on, over the last year, 2020, uh, 2020, you saw the wickedness of men in the White House. Wickedness of women in the White House. Come on. That's why we need to be praying. All right, because when 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 wickedness occurs, uh oh, when wickedness occurs, Paul says something in the book of Romans. Y'all don't mind me teaching the Bible tonight, do you? I mean, I hope you don't. Paul says, being filled with all unrighteousness. Oh my God, not just some. He said all unrighteousness. And then once again, he gives us the list: fornication, wickedness covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers. Uh Uh-oh, can you believe he put whispers and backbiters in the same list? Well, I I don't fornicate, but you whisper. You gossip. Come on. It says, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boisterous, Inventors of evil things. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Disobedience to parents. He put that in there. Come on. I, I, I needed to see something. Without understanding. Also interpreted, re- refusing to understand. You know, sometimes people refuse to understand. They really understand, but they just refuse to understand. Covenant breakers. In other words, can't keep your promise. Say you're going to do something and don't do it. It's, it's right here in the text, y'all. y'all. Y'all better follow me. Without natural affection. That talks about two men liking each other, two women. Natural uh, 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 people lo- loving dogs and cats and unnatural. Y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. Unnatural affection. Implicable, unmerciful. And then he says, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. He said, you should be cut off. We should be cut off. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Somebody somebody better put in the chat, thank God for Jesus. Let me put that in there real quick. Hold on, I'm going to type. If I tell you to type, I need to type. (laughs) Thank God for Jesus. Let's make sure that go to everyone. There you go. Let me put that on there. I'm having fun tonight. I don't know about y'all. I ain't going to not have fun in Bible study. There you go. Type it in there. Thank God for Jesus. Put it in there, because I thank God. I thank God. All right, now watch this. The fifth thing about this man, this man was naked. I don't have a picture of that tonight, so don't you worry. Don't worry. Please don't worry. Please don't worry. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) laughter is good medicine all right the man was naked now 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 think about this don't 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 try to visualize it but he was naked stripped of all decency and all acceptable and righteous behavior okay 
Well, this man represents something in, in his nakedness. Here's what he represents. He represents the old man who stands naked before the eyes of God and who desperately needs to be clothed with the righteousness of God and with the garments of the new man. <laughs> he don't have to be naked. Write down Romans, the 13th chapter, verse number 14. It says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Get dressed, in other words. He says, make no provision for the flesh. We put more emphasis on this flesh being dressed up. That's why Paul had to tell the church at Rome, don't take no, make no provisions for the flesh. And then he says to fulfill the lust thereof. So we need to get dressed. Put some clothes on, some spiritual clothes on. Put on the whole armor of God. There you go. Put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. Have your feet protected by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Get dressed. Get dressed. Get dressed. All right, look at the sixth thing about this man. Told y'all we was going to talk about this man tonight. (laughs) We need to understand this man. The sixth thing was the man was a threat to himself and to others. Inflicting harm upon himself, cutting himself with stones. How many of y'all know, uh uh-oh, sin disfigures and mutilates the body. It does. You remember the worshipers of Baal? And they uh, write down the 18th chapter of the book of First Kings. This, this didn't just start with this man. People have been messed up a long time. Verse number 28, it says, And they cried aloud and cut themselves after this manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. That was when, you know, he challenged them to God that answered by fire. You all know that. Just read that 18th chapter. All right. And when they got, they called on their God, called on their God. Their God did not answer. They cut themselves all up. So the, the, the cutting up didn't just start in this text. And if you're not careful, you're not led by the uh, 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 power of God and the spirit of God, the devil will have you doing the same thing. He'll try to convince you, cut yourself up. Now, I want you to notice something else. Glance down at the text. Glance down at the text. I told you to stay in the Bible. Notice that the demons start screaming at Jesus. Evil spirits don't care who they yell at. <laughs> one, one, one passage, one passage uh, in another gospel says that um, he, he, he said, leave us alone. Okay? In this text, he says, he says something else. Notice that he screams at him. In other words, he's saying to Jesus, why are you interfering with me? Leave me alone. Okay, 
But you need to understand, it was a cry of fear, defense, and rebellion against God. No one today would like to admit to being demon-possessed. Nobody. Ain't nobody going to unmute right now and say, you know what, I, I got a testimony. I'm demon-possessed. <laughs> ain't nobody going to do it. But most of our society, like the demon, is screaming at God. They're screaming at the church. They're screaming at Christian values. Why are you interfering with me? Get out of my life. <laughs> we don't want your God. We don't want nothing to do with your God. We don't want to hear nothing about your God. Why are you interfering with me? When people reject Jesus Christ and his authority, they put themselves on the side of the demons. And they are heading in the same direction. So every one of us must ask, will I choose independence and self-will leading to destruction? Or will I choose Christ loving leadership over my life, giving me forgiveness, healing from sin, cleansing, and true freedom? Because whom the Son sets free, they're free indeed. And so, you know, the cutting, the cutting also shows the discomfort that sin brings to the body because sin does not make us comfortable. Mm -mm. Sin don't make us comfortable. Sin has a, uh, uh, the wages of sin is death. All right. There are consequences for sin. So this man, he represents the man who has fallen to the depths of the pit. So deep, he can fall no further. He is hopeless in every sense of the word. Only God could ever save him. Only God could save him. Now, I want to deal with this, and then, then I'm going to be done for tonight. I'm going to be done for tonight. Because... When you look at the second scene, and the second scene ain't nearby long as the first scene, so don't y'all worry. <laughs> the second scene, all right? When you look at the second scene of the man, he was desperately aroused by Jesus. In other words, he was provoked. He was awakened. He was stirred. All right? He was fearfully, fearfully aroused by Jesus. Because notice the text, the man saw Jesus afar off, probably while Jesus was in the boat approaching the shore. And so notice what the text says, though. It says that the man ran and worshiped Jesus. Uh-oh. Now, you know, I'm going to tell y'all something. <laughs> I'm going to open up your eyes to something right here. The demon-possessed man appeared to worship Christ. I don't want you to miss this. He appeared to worship Christ. I know the text says he, he, he fell down and worshiped Christ, but let me help you real quick. The demon-possessed man, he appeared to worship Christ. And this was not true worship. It was 
deceitful worship. Because I'll tell you something, demons do not truly worship Christ. <laughs> so how many of y'all know sin is deceitful? It's deceitful. Them demons were setting up a plot. Can you believe that? They were plotting against Jesus. They were in control of this man. They thought Jesus would see this man fall down before him and worship him, and then the man would get his way. Because watch this. If the man got his way, then the demons would get their way. <laughs> That's why I tell folk all the time, you, you, you used to have an altar call, and people used to, people you, you lay hands on folk and they fall on the ground. A lot of folks thought they was anointed. Oh, praise him and go to the next person. I always say, no, get up. Sometimes the devil will make you pass out. <laughs> Sometimes the devil will make people pass out like they're in the spirit. So basically he's saying, if I hit the flow, you're going to leave me alone. Because you caught up in yourself thinking that you got so much anointing that when you touch me, I fail. See, that means the Lord is in these hands. No, get up. Get up. Come on here. I just not feel like teaching. I'll be done in about five, six minutes. All right. It was not true worship. It was deceitful worship. Okay. Sin is deceitful. It shows up at church and try to look pious to deceive people. No matter what we put on and how we dress up. Put on our class A and our class B. That's the full collar with the with the administrative assistant, a purple rope with the cross on the end, and we look deep. It, that don't mean nothing. Sometimes it becomes, uh-oh, a cover-up. It becomes a cover-up. Somebody ought to say, don't type it in. But in your own mind, you ought to say, I'm tired of covering up. It ain't no fun. Come on here, somebody. It comes, it shows up at church. But sin is sin, whether it's at church or it, on the disco floor, it's still sin. You can't cover it up because we're in church. So this man, he was given <clears throat> deceitful worship because my Bible tells me they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. His spirit was off. His spirit was possessed by over four to 6,000 demons. There's no way he could authentically worship Jesus. Come on here. When our spirits are off, we can't worship him. We can go through the motions, but we can't really worship him. There are two facts that show. I love uh, Sister Laurie, this is your fault because you don't want to follow up the text. There, 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 there's, there's two facts that 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 show that the man was under the control of an evil spirit. I'm gonna show you how now. Because number one, the man had no way to know that Jesus was the Son of God. The man didn't know that. And then number two, 
No man is sent to hell by Jesus, not in this life. That, them demons, that man thought he was on his way to hell. You'll see it later on when he said, don't, don't, don't. I'm going to show it to you. He thought it was over for him. But how many of y'all know as long as there's breath in your body, there's still hope. Hallelujah. As long as there's breath in your son's body, in your daughter's body, in your husband's body, in your wife's body, in your boss's body, as long as there is breath in the body, there is still hope. Now I'm going to close with this, and this is going to be brief. There are four things that the teaching that, that the scripture teaches about the devil and his angels. Four things that I want to point out. That's very encouraging. Four things, and here they are. Four things. Let me let me make sure my screen is right because I don't want the devil to mess up nothing. Four things. Number one, according to James, you might want to write this down, the second chapter, verse 19, they believe there is one God and they tremble. Can you believe that? (laughs) Demons believe the same thing we believe. They do believe in God and, and their belief causes them to tremble. And then number two, they have nothing to do with Jesus. They don't want nothing to do with Jesus. They don't want nothing to do with Jesus and they don't want us to have nothing to do with him. Number three, the son of God has come, talking about Jesus, to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He didn't come to compromise with the devil. He didn't come to play hopscotch and two square with the devil. He's come to destroy the devil. And then here it is, number four, evil spirits and the the devil, they are doomed to everlasting torment. And I need y'all to understand something, misery love company. (laughs) And the devil is trying to round up as many people as he can because when you read in the book of Revelation, it declares that the devil himself shall be cast into hell. He's going to be cast into hell. Now, here's my thing. If he's going to hell, why would we follow somebody on their way to hell? All right, let me close. So all four of these facts that I just gave you, guess what? They were involved in the behavior of the demon-possessed man. The evil spirit was trembling before the Son of God. He cried out, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, the Son of God? Remember, that's the devil talking. He was stricken with the purity and the holiness of Jesus. Watch this. He was forced to bow in reverence and to beg Jesus not to doom him. (laughs) Look at the devil. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Demons got to bow to the authority of Jesus. 
When we going to learn it, saints? When we going to stop letting the devil push us from pillar to post? When we going to stop allowing the devil to disturb our minds and our hearts and our spirits? When are we going to say, devil, enough is enough. I've had enough. I come to you in the authority and in the power of the Holy Ghost. Sickness, you got to go. My God, my God. Note something here. The evil spirit knew that Jesus had come to destroy evil. Mm -mm. That's why that evil spirit bowed down. <laughs> he knew that Jesus was going to cast him out and he knew that Jesus was going to free that man. Despite the man's utter hopeless wickedness. And how marvelous the love and power of Jesus that he frees even the most defiled. Well, let's end with last scriptures. You can just write the scripture down, just write where it's found. Matthew 20 and 28. Even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Mark 2, 17, they that are whole have no need of the physician. They that are sick. People are sick, you all. People are sick. He said, I came not to call the righteous, but I come to call sinners to repentance. We've lost focus. Let's get our focus back. Let's get our focus back. Let's get our focus back. Jesus didn't come that we could drive nice cars and live in big houses. That ain't why he came. He came so that sinners would repent. Somebody is, is running up on us and they want to know. They want to be delivered. They want to be set free. And then in Luke 19 and 10, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Beloved, that, 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 that must be our message. That must be our message. We can't spend the rest of our life trying to encourage the saints to hold on. Come on here, somebody. We got to get in the word of God. We got to understand that Jesus is the final authority. We either get it or we don't. That's where we are now in these last and evil days. We either get it or we'll never get it. Jesus is the final authority. Get it in your spirit. Get it down in your souls. Because he is the final authority. I'm done tonight. I'm done. We're going to deal with uh, scene uh, three and four and five next week. It's still, it's still some more in this text. It's some more in here, y'all. 